Thank you very much. And can we also just do another clap as well for our amazing worship team as well? They are such a blessing to us week in and week out leading us in worship. Um, And I did want to say too, happy Mother's Day. If there's any mothers out here, you are amazing. And and I shared a little bit this morning with the kids um, at our morning service, but mothers, you really do, and those who are in motherly roles, you really do reflect the heart of God um, to nurture and care for people. So mothers, thank you so much for all that you do. I hope that you have felt appreciated today. But if you haven't, I'm appreciating you right now because you're amazing. Um, As we're looking at the James series, we were just having a little bit of a break this week uh, on the series because we were looking at Mother's Day um, content this morning. Um, So then tonight was kind of free for all. So I could preach on whatever I wanted, uh, which is a bit dangerous. But what I decided is as we've been doing this James series uh, in my own life, as I've been reading it through, there's something that really stood out to me. Um, And I, in my personal life, have really been looking at it a fair bit to sort of say, well, what does this actually mean? Um, So I want to read this to you um, and then share with you tonight of what I believe God is saying to us in this. Uh, So it's in James 1 verse 27, and this might have stuck out to you as well. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So that's the, uh, that's the scripture for us tonight. And as we come to this, um, we, we often don't use the word religion. Uh, in Christianity, we, we share that it's actually a relationship with God. It's not about uh, what we have to do to earn God's love for us, but it's this, that we are forgiven and made whole by God. And out of that love, that that actually then is the way that guides the way that we live. So in this context, it's, it's, it's really saying pure religion. This is a commentary that I found. Pure religion means practicing God's word and sharing it with others through speech, service and separation from the world. So in this verse, one of the things that really stood out to me is to keep oneself unstained from the world. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, what does that mean? What does that mean? In other other translations, it says um, to not be polluted by the world. And I was thinking, what does this mean in this context? And and as we come to look at God's words now, I just want to pray because the Holy Spirit is the one that explains things to us and teaches us. So I want to pray for us right now. Dearly Father, I want to thank you that we can come to you in prayer. And as we come to your word right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would explain, you would teach us what you want us to know about you. In your name we pray, amen. So as we're looking at keeping oneself unstained from the world, I sort of thought about it and I was thinking, you know, if we're trying to keep ourselves from the world, what, what could that look like? In one situation, that could actually look like retracting from people. That could be retracting from the world, sort of being at an arm's length, maybe going away. And we see this in history. We see monks, we see, we see different people in different religious practices that make this decision to say, I'm actually going to be separate. I'm going to be separate to people. I'm going to be separate from this world. And I want us to look tonight, is that what James is talking about? But I think what's really important is to look at three different ways that we could describe world. The first 
is the world in which God created. It's earth that we live on, part of the world. But God is the greatest creator. And we can look around and see how amazing His creation is. Though our world is broken and though there is sin in our world, God has created an amazing universe, an amazing world. And as we look at Scripture, we read, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. So as we're looking at keeping oneself from being unstained from the world, I don't think God, James in this section is saying that God's telling us to keep ourselves from the created world that we're in. Nor do I think because of the way that Jesus lived on this earth is that God is telling us to retract and be at arm's length away from people. And the reason I say that is because God makes it very clear in His Word, His deep love for the world, the people. A very common verse, but it it makes it very clear. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So as we see this verse, keep oneself from being unstained from this world. I don't believe God's calling us to retract from people and separate ourselves from people. And, and, and why I confidently say this is the way that we read how Jesus interacted with all people because we see God's heart pretty clearly. And I wanna read this to you in Mark 2, 13 to 17. And we read here about Levi, also known as Matthew, who's a tax collector. And if you haven't seen The Chosen, it's a um, TV sort of episodes around Jesus' life, a TV series. And, and in these different scenes, it is just amazing to see these stories acted out. You visually see it. And it's probably one of my favourite scenes where it's in this moment and we read it here in Mark, but Jesus walks over to this tax booth and He looks at Matthew and He says, follow me. And He looks at Jesus in this moment of going like, who, me? And Jesus says, come follow me. And it's just simple. It just says in the Scripture, that he got up and followed Jesus. So beautiful. And as we read on from verse 15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So we see from our greatest example how often Jesus actually got ridiculed and scoffed at because of the people that he was mixing with. So I think we can pretty confidently say, that God is not wanting us to separate ourselves from the people of this world. I think if we were to look at Jesus' life, we actually see that it's the opposite of that. Jesus explains that we're to be the salt and the light 
of this world. We read in Matthew 5, verse 13 to 14, you are the salt of the earth. This is talking about people that are following Jesus. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So actually our love for people provides an opportunity for them to give glory to God, for them to know God. And as I was thinking about this from keeping oneself unstained from the world, keeping ourselves from being polluted from this world, I actually, as I was reflecting it on my own life, I actually realised we need to be very careful to not become self-righteous towards people that might not be following Jesus. And in the same way, people that are following Jesus. For me, in my own life, in, in, in early middle school, I had this, um, I'd just come off a, a youth camp um, here at Bridges Switch Camp, and I was so pumped to go back to school and really stand up for God in whatever way that looked. But sadly, what happened was really, if, I, if I'm being honest, it probably turned into a little bit of self-righteousness and judgment towards some of, the, some of my closest friends and the people around me. And, and, and in different moments, I could almost say that because of the way they were acting, I, I almost had hatred in my heart towards them. And I can honestly say that is losing the point. That is, that is, that is losing the saltiness. And, and I can sort of laugh about it now because God gave me a, an opportunity in high school to, for Him to reveal this to me and for me to actually be able to apologise and repent of this. But it got to a stage, I think it was in year eight or nine, that people, friendship groups I'd walk up to and they would say, watch out, watch out, Tyrone's about because they were so concerned what I was gonna say. If they were talking about something, I would say, no, stop. Or I, I would, they would feel the judgment from me. But it was so interesting because when God revealed this to me in my heart and said, you are actually not loving them. You do not have love for my children. You're so focused on what they're doing that you're not even loving them. And it's so interesting because then when God, and I was constantly always wanting to know all the rules of like, oh, what should I say if they say this? Or what do they do if I, they do this? And all these things. But when God showed me that He wanted me to love, it's so interesting. And God says this, but love trumps all. Because when I had a genuine love for these people, there might have been times where I said, oh, I don't know if we need to be talking about this right now. But it's so different when different things come out of our heart out of love. And I think sometimes when we don't have love for people, we try to be a bit like, uh, see what we can get away with. Like, oh, I said it in a really nice way. Like, I tried to say it calmly. Like, but I think we need to give people more credit than what we do. I think people can sense, like we can sense when someone is genuinely speaking to us out of a deep love for us, or whether it is a self-righteousness that there's pride there. So I really wanted to say that 
God makes it very clear that we are to love the world, love the people. In John 15, 12, my command is this. This is what Jesus says. Love each other as I have loved you. There's actually no excuse for not loving people. I want want to be super honest in it though. I'm aware that for many of you, this could be really hard in your work environments, maybe uni, maybe family. Like being honest, like I do have a real privilege of being a pastor here at this church um, that gets to share an office with the other pastors and other staff here. And, and I can say that most days uh, before I come to church in the week um, for work, I am very excited to come to work. I work with, in my eyes, some of my favourite people. It's so exciting. But I'm so aware that that is not everyone's situation. And, and, and for some of you, you're thinking like humanly, I would almost say it's impossible to love some of the people at work or humanly, it's, it's almost impossible to love those around me at the moment that are genuinely hurting me. And I wanna say that, that that is where we need the love of God. And for you right now, you might be in a really hard spot because it does feel impossible to love some of the people in your life right now. And that's where as a community, we, we actually need to be supporting each other, not in a way of gossiping and venting about all the people in our life, but actually spurring each other on to love those around us, to be praying for each other, to be interceding. So we see that when, when, when we read this in James, to keep oneself unstained from the world, God's not saying separate yourself from people or or have hatred in your heart from people. Instead, the opposite, to love people, to be the salt and the light, to deeply love people. And the way that you live will give them an opportunity to glorify God. That you live in a way that people go, wow, like, there must be something more to this person. It's been really cool. There's uh, been a group of us that have joined a local gym and, um, and we often go to the gym. I think we do more talking at the gym than we do actually any form of working out. I can't speak for us all. Maybe that's just myself. Um, but it's so interesting because one of the trainers um, said to one of us the other day, they said, okay, tell me, what, what is different about you all? There's, there's something about you. There is something about you. And that's what we want in every single circumstance that we're in. We want people to ask that question. What is different about you? Not so they'll know about us, but so that they may know our Father and that they may also come into relationship with our Father. So if we look at this, keep oneself unstained from the world, I really believe that is the values, the ways of this world, the evil in our world, the sin. I don't know if any of you have heard that saying, uh, be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, Quite often that's thrown around Christian settings. Um, And and I'd heard that. And as I was reflecting this week, I thought, "Is is that even from the Bible or is that just a classic line that people throw around? But turns out it is from the Bible and it is actually from Jesus. So I think we can, we can say it's a pretty good line, but I actually want to read the context of, of this line. And, and, and it's actually not just one line, but it's this prayer 
that Jesus is praying to God about His disciples. So I wanna read this to us now. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am not of the world. My prayer, listen to this, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth and your word is truth. Listen to this. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus makes it very clear there. We we have a definite purpose here on this earth. He has sent us, but He asked God to protect us from evil, thus protecting us from being polluted by this world. And, and I just wanna just affirm this by Romans 12, verse one to two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Listen to this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. So it's very clear. We are to love people. And I think if we really love people, like we really care about people, we will tell people about Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is our Saviour, God is our Father, and we have our eternity that we can spend with God, but we can also experience life and life to the full now. So if we really, want, if we really love people, our heart will be thinking, how can I tell this person about Jesus? I want them to know about God. One of our young adults that comes here and um, works at a, uh, a fast food um, shop and, and it's such a privilege to, to chat with him regularly, to hear his heart for his colleagues. Uh, when, when I chat with um, different people that maybe work for fast food, I'm definitely not bagging out fast food. It's fast food. It's stressful. I get that. I've never done it personally. But I can't say many people say, I love my job. I just love it there. Macca's is what I love. Macca's is awesome. I actually love Macca's. Just want to say that. Um, but when I chat to one of my mates that speaks about uh, his work at this fast food shop, it is so different. And often he shares about his deep heart that his colleagues, all of his colleagues would know the love of God. So how this looks for him is often if, let's say he's starting a shift at two o'clock. If in that moment, in that day, he thinks, oh, 12 o'clock's actually very busy. He will often arrive early to work to help out his colleagues in that hectic time of the day. Like, honestly, why would you do that? Why? Because his heart is that his colleagues would know God, that they would know the love of God. Other times what he'll do is if he's driving past work and not working and think about his colleagues, he thinks, what I'll do is I'll do a random act of Slurpees. 
So I'll buy them some Slurpees and I'll just drop them off some Slurpees in the middle of their work just to show them the love of God. And I know in my own personal life, when I'm genuinely thinking through the lens of how can I show and share the love of God today, they are exciting days. And that can honestly be every day for us in any context that we're in. Many of us often think, oh, I just... I don't really know what my purpose is. I don't know if work is where I'm supposed to be at the moment. I don't know if I'm supposed to still be studying. I don't know my place in the family, different things like that. And Jesus makes it very clear what our purpose is. And I don't know why, but we often just discard it. We hear Jesus' words and then we think, no, 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 okay, what is my actual purpose? What, What does my career need to be? Or what does my... Let's hear Jesus' words tonight. And I actually pray right now that you would hear this. This is our purpose. Jesus shares it in Matthew 28, verse 19. And maybe you've heard this so many times, but listen tonight in a new way. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Anyone that you speak of that has an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with someone, it is seriously one of the most exciting things. I was just on the phone the other day to um, someone who was working in the bank and they were asking him some different questions and I no longer was looking in, I was sort of just looking into loans, different things like that. And I no longer needed to look for a loan. Um, I, I've shared before, but I'm, I'm gonna be house sitting for a bit of time. So I, I don't, um, I'm not really looking to, to get anything at the moment. And, and, the, and the banker called and, and they asked, oh, what, what made you not want it anymore? And I felt God just say to me, just tell them, tell them why. Tell them that I provided something for you. So I just ended up just giving this. I didn't know if the, if the lady would have wanted it or not, but I gave her this massive message. I told her every single detail. And I think I was getting more and more excited. Oh, that, that's our God. You know, that's what I'm saying on the phone. And I was pumped. And it was so, it was so cool. I shared all that. And then I think I was like, oh, I've just got a bit carried away here. And she says to me, just, I go to wrap up the conversation. I was a bit awkward. And she says, can you pray for me? I really want you to pray for me. And then I said, oh, well, what can I pray for? And she shared all these things. And, and then I prayed. And then in the same way, I got caught up again. And I just, I got this sense that she was gonna feel the Spirit of God on her in that moment. So I was praying for that. I was so excited. And I finished, um, finished my prayer. And she just said to me, I have never felt like this in my life. There is a peace right now that I cannot explain. And she encountered God in that moment. And can I say that is, I I don't know what conversations you've had with the banker, but that's surely that is better than any conversations. Normally it is so sad. That's my borrowing power, what? But this is so much better. And this is seriously how we can live every single day. And this is not just a pump up for the sake of saying, yeah, let's just do it. No, this is, this is Jesus' idea. This is what He's called us to. 
Imagine going to work. Imagine being with your family and not just thinking about yourself, but thinking, I have an opportunity right now to show the love of God in this situation. When we hear in the Word of God about not being tossed by the winds and the waves, I see that. If our heart is to show people love and point them to Jesus, even, and I'm not saying this is easy at all, even in my own life, but, but this is what I'm praying for in my life, that even in moments where people are very rude to us, then in that moment we think, man, what an opportunity to respond in love. Because that's what Jesus has done to us. And as I'm sharing right now about us sharing the love and the Word of God with other people, maybe for you, you think, oh man, I so wanna tell more people about Jesus, but I just don't know how to. Like I've, I've known this for so long and I just don't know. What I really wanna say is I, I honestly believe the most powerful thing you can do is pray. Pray for those people, pray for those opportunities and just let the Holy Spirit guide you. I, I really mean that. That is stressful and it's like, no, we want a formula, but, but just, just pray, just keep on praying. But as I was doing some reading around this, it, it did actually, um, from, from some research of people coming to faith, it, it came um, with uh, a bit of research around what is some of the most helpful things for someone to become a Christian. And they were talking about, the research was figuring out whether for someone to become a Christian, whether the most helpful thing is evidence experience or community. And the research in 2017 by Sam Chan showed that community was the most helpful thing for someone to become a Christian. And as I read it, it sort of explained in the fact of, if I had a friend from uni that was a non-Christian, that didn't know about God, and there I am sharing with them about God, which, which is a lot to understand at the start. We need to remember that. And if I'm their only crazy Christian friend, they're probably thinking, oh, well, Ty's just weird. You know, that, like for them, they would generally think that. They might think, oh, he's just a bit different. But if I have opportunities to introduce my Christian friends with this friend now, now this friend, this non-Christian friend, knows three crazy Christians. And, and what I actually realised is what I've been so bad at in my life is joining my worlds together my non-Christian friends and my Christian friends. But this research is actually saying one of the most powerful things you can do is maybe when you're going to hang out with some of your non-Christian friends, take a Christian friend with you. Obviously ask, you know, just rocking up with a random. But, but you have different times where you're actually joining. You're actually surrounding your non-Christian friends with the community of believers. So now they know 10 people that follow Jesus. Now they know 10 people that have this different life to anyone else. And that was showing that that is the most helpful thing. So as a, as a group of believers, when we go to do hangouts, when we go to watch the footy, when we go to do whatever it is, let's be thinking through every time. How can I be joining my non-Christians and my Christians together so that we may be the salt and the light, that we may provide an opportunity for my non-Christian friends to come to know Jesus? And it's also so beautiful, like when we, when we know that we're in it together as Christians. Like there are times where people will be thinking through a real academic way, very logical, and they'll have super logical questions. And I will truly try to uh, give those answers, but I'm probably not the most logical guy you'll ever meet. Probably a bit more emotional than logical. 
So, but when, when I start to introduce my non-Christian friend to Christian friends around me, there's an opportunity there for one of my mates that's a lot more logical to explain more things. And that's, that's what I want us to be spurring each other on. When we go to do a simple hangout, think through, who could we invite along to this? And the last thing as I wanna finish off is when we've looked at this verse, keep oneself unstained from the world. We have a real purpose and a very exciting call in our life. We actually do. And maybe for you right now, you're actually really excited because you think, man, I actually have opportunities every single day. But then what can happen is we can become polluted by this world. And, and, and as I interpret being polluted by the world in, in this context, we see just before James says the opposite of being polluted by the world before and after this, this spot. He says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And then if we see the chapter afterwards, it goes straight in to talk about not showing favoritism. So as I look at, both of those things, essentially it's living a life that's not focused on ourself, but actually focusing on loving others and putting others before ourselves. So this week, tonight, whenever that is, let's not be polluted by being so focused on our own pride, on our own image, on our own evil desires and pleasures that we are pursuing but let's focus on the call that we have on our life to love God and to love others. So as I invite the band to come back up, I really encourage you tonight that there, there might be a few different responses. One I truly believe is out of joy for you to see, man, I, there is a reason why God has me where I am. There's a reason I'm at this school. There's a reason I'm at this job. That, that will genuinely give you such purpose to know that there are people around you that are seriously dying to know about Jesus and you have the answer. And just be led by the Spirit for what that looks like. It will look like just buying a coffee. It will look like checking in with that person. It will look like taking an extra shift to help your friend. It will look like opportunities that you can actually share the Gospel that you can share a life of following Jesus. And what I really wanna encourage us as a church is you have no idea what piece in the puzzle you are for someone to come to know Jesus. So that means wherever we are, we wanna be a shining example of Jesus. Because maybe I might be chatting with a non-Christian person at the moment and they are actually working with you. And if they also see Jesus living in you, that is creating the community of believers around them. So in everything that we do, in the Word we read, do not become weary of doing good. Don't get sick and tired of loving people. But we can only do that from knowing the Father's love, but then also knowing His call in our life. His call is to love people. But we can't make excuses. God calls us to love everyone. So as you respond tonight in your own heart, maybe you actually need to repent and say, Lord, there have been many people in my life that I'm refusing to love. And though it's humanly impossible 
in my own mind to love them, I know that You will give me the strength. And I actually really want us on a weekly basis, sharing with each other, spurring each other on how we are living out the call and purpose on our life to make disciples, to teach people the Word of God so that they may follow Jesus and have life and life to the full. So as we respond in this song, it's actually, there is so much excitement in saying, Lord, I actually wanna forget about myself and I wanna love You and I wanna tell everyone around me, wherever that is, you might be at the service station tomorrow, be thinking about every opportunity to share the love of God with the people around you because the people around us are dying to know about Jesus and we've got the greatest news ever. So let me pray and then we're gonna stand on our feet and we're gonna worship our great God because we know the love from Him. So let me pray. Dearly Father, I wanna thank You that You first loved us. We can only love because You first loved us. And I pray for anyone in the room right now that doesn't know Your love. I pray, great God, that they would accept Your love right now. And You can in this opportunity. Just say, dear God, I ask for Your love. I don't wanna be polluted from this world. I ask for forgiveness. And I thank You that I'm forgiven because of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer right now. And I pray for the rest of us, the community of believers, that we would spur each other on to share the greatest news ever. Lord, what an exciting life. This isn't my idea. This is Yours, Jesus. You told us, this is, this is our call. Just as God sent you, Jesus, to this earth, so you have sent us. So Jesus, I pray in every opportunity, we would be looking not to please ourselves, but look to share the love of God for people to know you. In your name we pray, amen. Let's stand to our feet and let's worship our great God together.
you know, it's really interesting because um, just before the service, we were just praying and um, this scripture came to my mind. I actually, I actually um, uh, took a screenshot of it because I just thought, I wonder if that's for part of the service. And I just want to read this to you and it just applies crazy just what, to what Ty was talking about tonight. And this is Jesus speaking here. It's in, um, it's in John, but He says this. He says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? And then He goes, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And I was just really struck by that. And I just, you know, I've always talked about this, but I'm just absolutely convinced that it just seems more than ever before that in our culture, it's not necessarily on the surface, but undergirded at the, at the core of people's hearts, there's a sense of like, you know, is there purpose to my life? Is there any meaning here? Is there uh, like depression and anxiety run rampant? And uh, we live in a fear-driven culture, it seems. It's all this stuff's going on in our world. And I actually think there's a sense of like, okay, what is truth? What is reality? Where is hope? in this world in which we live. And I'm absolutely convinced as well that we have a problem in our world today. It's the problem of sin. But Jesus says, I am the answer. I am the one. I am the way, the truth and the life. And I absolutely believe it from the bottom of my heart. And uh, yeah, what a great message for us tonight that as we go to our workplaces, our universities, wherever it might be, that God might use us in these places to just bring the hope, the hope uh, that we have in Him. Let me just quickly pray for you, God. We just... uh, We just thank You for the Word that we've heard tonight. So challenging, so important for our lives. The other thing I felt as well, God, and I think it's just an opportunity for us to respond in this moment. I just just sense God to pray, please um, just protect us from the distractions from the main thing in our life. We've heard about it tonight, that we have a very clear call and plan and purpose that You've commissioned us to do in our lives, but we so easily get distracted from this. And I really just pray, and this is applicable for many of us in this room at the moment, maybe some watching online, but I just pray, God, You please protect us and help us not to be distracted from what You've actually called us to do, caught up in, and sometimes they're good things, they even seem like good things, but they're not God things. And there's a big difference. And I really just pray, God, uh, that You help us to stay laser focused on the God stuff that You've called us to, the very things that You have ordained and commissioned uh, for our lives, great God. Just please, I plead with You tonight, please to help us not get distracted, great God, uh, but to stay loads of focused on Your mission uh, for our lives. I really pray that, God. And I thank You just for the thrill it is. It's absolutely, it's the greatest thrill ever to serve You and to give our lives to You, great God. And so I just pray that You might use us this week, Father God, Uh, wherever we are, that You might use us for Your glory, losing a sense of who we are. It's not about us. It's about You. It's about Your Kingdom. And that we would know that deep within our souls and within our hearts as we go about our business, great God. So we thank You. We love You. And we just pray all these things in the powerful Name of Jesus. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Hey, so good uh, to have you here tonight. I do wanna say this, um, if you want prayer, so important. We would really love to pray with you. Uh, I know I say that every week. And one other thing, um, I forgot to mention in announcements and then Ty came in and talked about it and G'd it up big time, which is fantastic, but it makes me look really, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I just wanted to say as well, a massive happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. I'm sorry I forgot you in the announcements, but you're all amazing. Have an awesome rest of the night. Have an awesome week. God bless you and we'll see you really soon. Thanks, Eves.